0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I'm currently in Mexico. It's like 88 degrees outside. A little bit of humidity, more than I'm used to in L.A., but nothing like, say, like New Orleans or Miami. On this balcony, I'm looking out, I can see like, I don't know, it's like a forest, I guess. A whole bunch of very, very green, almost looking like technicolor wild trees leading to an all-white sandy beach and then the ocean just before me. If you've been following me on social media, I've been posting a couple pictures from my bed to balcony. I've been sleeping with my curtains wide open. I've also been coming out to the balcony like absolutely butt butterball naked every evening to drink a glass of tequila It's my vacation habit, but I have a very beautiful view right now. I wish I could tell you I was sitting on a lounger. I'm actually sitting on the ground because I'm recording from outside and the tables are really low. So trying to sit in my lounger and record was actually not very comfortable. So here I am this week, very happy to be in Mexico, a much needed getaway. I said that to somebody else. She was like, your whole life is a getaway. Like you live in L.A. and then you go bounce around on these odysseys. You've been doing it all summer. like. And I was like, yeah. A lot of that wasn't relaxation. The last, me- the last Mexico trip for my birthday, that was relaxing. But ever since there, like there's been a lot of work thrown in the mix. And every single destination um, that I've traveled to since the very first odyssey, starting back in July, I've had to work. Not one single place did I not work. If nothing else, I had to do the podcast, which as much as I love it is very much work. It is a job. My production company does get mad if it's too late. I'm here for my friend's 40th birthday, Jordan. Remember Jordan came on the podcast? She's a celebrity chef. I had her on when I was in at Atlanta, and she was giving up her best Atlanta food spots, restaurants. And she talked about some of her um her stories about working with Puff and and the things she learned from him. She's such a fascinating woman. But she has turned 40. Happy birthday, Jordan. Her birthday was on Saturday. And so she asked a bunch of her girlfriends to come down to Mexico and celebrate with her. A lot of the girlfriends right now are continuing the celebration. They're on the rooftop of our hotel at the pool overlooking that amazing view. And I'm down here working. But it's okay. I'll knock this out and then I'll go upstairs and edit. And I just came up from a late breakfast, early lunch by the beach. I had my double shot of tequila With my twist of lime, So I'm feeling very loose right now. I still very much feel like I'm on vacation. Don't get too excited though. Tequila doesn't give me the same effect that wine does. Like I can drink wine and not feel drunk, but act drunk. Tequila, I just go to sleep. But what's going on in the world? Wendy Williams, she's not doing so well, apparently. We talked about Wendy last week. And I think a couple weeks before that. And I talked about how Wendy's show had been delayed for its 13th season. And last week, there was much conversation about Nick Cannon replacing her. There was some question as to whether Wendy would ever come back. Earlier today, it was announced that the Wendy Williams show, it is indeed coming back. However, Wendy will not be hosting it, at least for the immediate future. I think they said, um, let's pull it up. Let's not guess. The Wendy Williams Show, this is posted on the official Instagram page. The Wendy Williams Show will start airing originals on Monday, October 18th, with an exciting lineup of guest hosts and panels to be announced shortly. Wendy continues to be under medical supervision and meets with her medical team on a daily basis. She is making progress, but is experiencing serious complications as a direct result of Graves' disease and her thyroid condition. It has been determined that more time is needed. Before she is able to return to her live hosting duties, oh dear, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I wish Wendy Williams the best. I hope that she will be okay. Slow progress is progress, nonetheless. I hope she's all right. I keep seeing people say that um that Wendy's not coming back for the thirteenth season. I haven't seen, and I looked I haven't seen a legitimate website. Post that yet, but I've seen a lot of people making allusions to it that she won't be back for this whole season. I don't think that that's the case. I do think she's trying to come back. I just think she's sick. So I hope she does get better. Her production company, Debmar Mercury, they are standing behind her. They said Wendy is a valued and stalwart member of the Debar Mercury family and has been so for 12 years. We want her health to be her top priority. As soon as she's ready, she will be back in her treasured purple chair. Page Six, who's been very much on top of this story, they said multiple sources have told them that the delay of Williams' show is starting to become a huge problem for station affiliates and advertisers. They said a rep for Williams did not immediately respond to Page Six's request for comment. Damn. Whatever's going on with her, I hope she'll, she'll be all right. We have good news this week. It's not necessarily good black news, but it's, but it's good news nonetheless. And I'm excited about it. I love me some Adele. And Adele, after five years, which has I was like, whoa, has it been five since her last album? It has. Adele is returning with a new album. I think I read that the single drops October 15th. And then the album follows on November 1st. So I'm excited for this October 15th single. That gives us three days. To prepare ourselves, Adele also has the very, um, I was going to say good fortune, but I think it's um, a good pull to be on the cover of American Vogue and British Vogue at the same time. British Vogue released their cover last week and it was absolutely stunning, which I think like every British Vogue cover is like Interfill, Sir Interfill is doing the Lord's work over there. I love him. I love his vision. But they put Adele on the cover and she looks absolutely amazing. And I wanted to talk about it last week. But I think I was skipping around in the way I was covering stories last week. And I skipped right over my Adele portion. But I guess it all worked out for the best. Because American Vogue has since released its Adele cover. And its own separate cover story. Which unfortunately just isn't as stunning as the British one. The cover. And the story is very yeah the american version spends i mean they both discuss adele's weight and adele's divorce and adele's new boyfriend who's black he's part of the lebron james management team he shows up in the british story and she just talks about him in the american story but the american one it just spends this overwhelming amount of time discussing her weight to the point that just like as a reader i was like this is just a little uncomfortable Like the American writer goes to the gym with her and she talks about like how fit Adele is and how she's working out on this machine and that machine. And she trains with this person. And it's just like, wait, 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 wait. And I was like, you got an opportunity to speak with one of the biggest artists of this generation, like a million Grammys, like literally 15. Adele has 15 Grammys, 120 million records sold. She hasn't done an interview in five years. And you just want to spend the whole time talking about like her weight and her divorce. The divorce thing I understood a little more so. I mean, even though it's been a while since the divorce, but because Adele hasn't released the album in a great amount of time and a lot of her music is about her personal life, I do get why there might be some extra digging into her relationships because that inspires her music. But I was just like, okay, like people lose weight, people gain weight. It happens. It does. But there's like a good a thousand words dedicated to it. The first a thousand at that dedicated to it in the American Vogue. And I was just like, Uh oh, that's it. And what also makes it awkward is that Adele clearly is not, I want to say not comfortable, but clearly doesn't really want to talk about her weight. Even she indicates that her weight loss is one of the least interesting things about her. And she says in both articles, some version of I didn't start working out to lose weight. I have anxiety. Working out made me feel less anxious. She said sometimes she went to the gym twice a day. And she's like, the effect of that was that I lost a lot of weight. But she was like, I don't define myself by my body size. And she was like, and I totally get that at the weight that I I previously was as a public woman, as a successful woman. A lot of women felt seen and represented by my presence. But she was like, I appreciate that. And yet and still, I lost weight because she wanted to. One of my really good friends, um, and she talked about this publicly, so I'll say this, Candice Bimba. she um, recently announced that she was going on a sugar detox and that she was also like working out, I think she said to be healthy. And she got a lot of feedback from that announcement so much so that she felt that she had to address it. And she was explaining to people like why she chose to go on this sugar detox. And she's also on a dating detox. So a sugar detox, a dating detox, and she's working out. And people were like, oh, you know, you should just have more pride in your body and you should this and you should that and you should this. Like very visceral reactions to her choice of what to do with her body. And I understand that, yes, like, you know, she made an announcement about it. And yes, that invites conversation, but it was just a weird conversation. And so Candace came back because Candace is a much nicer person than I am and was like explaining to people like why she made the choices that she made. And I was like, girl, I texted it to her first and then like I wrote it on her Facebook page. I was like, if you don't tell them people to kiss your sugar free, rapidly shrinking ass and go on about their lives, move the fuck around. People are doing the most right now. I fully understand Mercury is in retrograde and communication is is very fraught at this moment it has personally affected my life hence why i'm having conversations with him and still and still y'all gotta like pull the fuck back i think most people don't understand and i'm explaining this because i feel like sometimes like if people don't explain it then people are like oh well then everything must be fine because like you didn't say it was a problem it's one of the reasons that i talk about things like this right most people don't understand what it is to have hundreds of people every day making nitpicky comments about the things that they do. Like, if you're flat out wrong, like, say, a Dave Chappelle, which we'll discuss later in the episode, like, OK, you should reasonably able to anticipate that. Right. But like just sort of, I guess, being like, I don't know, mid-level popular without all the accoutrement of of fame. So you just got enough where people are paying attention, but not enough where you can like buy a mansion and hire security and hire a whole team to filter out your social media. So you never really have to see the crazy shit people say to you. I don't think most people understand what it's like to have like a 100 people like every day saying crazy shit to you and then not having like the payoff reward for the headache that you're getting. And right now it's like worse than usual. Like there's levels to popularity. Like there's a phase where people are like, I'm rooting for you and I'm very happy for you and like yay yay yay. Grow, grow, grow and then like you hit this new phase where like people just get very critical and I'm be like, God damn I ask for um the grace and patience that I I tried to extend to many, but not all others on the podcast where I'd be like, Yo, there's grace for those that seek it like give people some grace, some wiggle room, like give them the, the understanding that she would like for them to to give to you. Apparently that's not fathomable for a lot of people. But I say all that to say, Adele saw all of y'all comments about her weight. She definitely said in the American version of the of her articles, I don't know if she said it in the British one, but she was like I was very hurt by the way that like, you know, women came for me for losing weight. I was actually about to just say that it's very hard being a a non-thin woman in in the public space, but I don't know that it's any easier being plus size or quote and unquote considered thin. One of America's favorite pastimes is just to deconstruct women's bodies. Like if you work out all the time, you know, people still point out flaws in your body. If you go get a BBL, people still point out flaws in your body and also quote and unquote your self-esteem because if you really loved yourself, would you go get a BBL? That's not me saying it. That's me quoting what people say, just for clarity. And if you're a plus-size woman, they critique you for being lazy. They were like, well, why don't you work out? Why don't you lose weight? It's a never-ending commentary. But Adele's take on the comments about her body, she says, audiences, quote, are used to people documenting everything on Instagram, and most people in my position would get a big deal with a diet brand. I couldn't give a flying fuck. I did it for myself and not anyone else. So why would I ever share it? I don't find it fascinating. It's my body. She said she lost the weight with no intermittent fasting. Nothing. She said, if anything, I eat more than I used to because I work out so hard. She also wanted to address the idea that she got a divorce and then she lost weight. And she said people were saying that, that she went and got a revenge body. She said, oh, my God, suck my dick. <laughs> she says it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I think it's that people love to portray a divorced woman as spinning out of control. Like, oh, she must be crackers. She must have decided she wants to be a hoe. Because what is a woman without a husband? The writer editorializes at this, she does the most amazing, instinctive hair flick. And then Adele says, it's bullshit. I really like Adele. The new album, which is what I'm really interested in from these articles, is, according to Adele, not about the divorce. From both journalists, the British one and the American one who heard different pieces of the album, they were like, it very much feels like a divorce album. Adele says of her album, I feel like this album is self-destruction, then self-reflection and then sort of self-redemption. That's how she described it when she was speaking to British Vogue. She said she recorded a lot of the album for her son. She said, quote, he had a lot of questions, really good questions, really innocent questions that I just don't have the answer for. Like, why can't you and dad still live together? She said, I just felt like I wanted to explain it to him through this record when he's in his 20s or 30s, who I am and why I voluntarily chose to dismantle his entire life in the pursuit of my own happiness. It made him really unhappy sometimes. And that's a real wound for me that I don't know if I'll be able to heal. She also says about this divorce, and I think it's worth mentioning because it plays into like what came out on the album. She says, "Um, I realized that I was the problem. She says, because all the other albums are like, you did this, you did that. Fuck you. Why can't you arrive for me? Then I was like, oh shit, I'm the running theme, actually. Maybe it's me. The writer for the American version describes her album as a sexy 70s groove, heavy strings, heavier lyrics. She says it immediately calls to mind Marvin Gaye and Adele backs that up. She says what's going on was a very big reference on the album. That's 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 Adele. Sis, I know you got the vocal range, but comparing to what's going on, one of the greatest albums ever made. That's 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 big shoes to fill, sis. Ally sis, white sis, white British sis. That's a lot. She also says that she didn't include a song. And this actually kind of made me feel bad. She said she takes measures. This is from the American version. She still takes measures to avoid ramping up her fame. She avoided writing a certain kind of song for the next album. For instance... There isn't a bombastic hello. Adele says, I don't want another song like that. That song catapulted me in fame to another level that I don't want to happen again. And she actually does say that like, yeah, OK, like, yes, I'm playing small. I mean, and I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Isn't that about what Lauryn Hill said at one point? She's like the miseducation of Lauryn Hill blew up so fast and she was just overwhelmed by it. I remember reading this article where she talked about And this was like years and years and years ago. I think it might have been like the Trace article where she first started saying she wanted to be called Miss Hill. If you can Google that article, it's probably like, I don't know, 18, 19 years old at this point. But it's a really, really good read. But she was like, I've spent my whole life trying to be different and create like a new sound and create like a new look and be like this individual person and she was like and then i'd go to my concerts and like i'd be looking out at thousands of people who were dressed like me raises i'm raising my hand you can't see me i'm raising my hand because i was one of those people like hair weaves by europeans nails done by koreans i popped my acrylics off maybe i don't know like the week i heard that album i ain't worn them since but the denim a-line skirts with the rips in them and the hair wraps the washed out graphic tees like that. That was my look for years. I was one of the women at the concerts dressed like her because I was amazingly, amazingly inspired by Lauren Hill from the Fugees, but also like her album. But she was just like, like, I felt like I couldn't be me anymore. And every new version of me that I tried to transform into, like people would come and just become me. And she was like, that shit was weird. And I was like, girl, yeah, I get it. Somebody else has this story. It's um, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston said the same thing when she was like the bodyguard got so big. I want to say it was it was a combination of the Star Spangled Banner and I Will Always Love You, which became like a number one hit in like every like big country. But that level of fame was so crazy to her that she just, like, lost it. She was a casual drug user before that, and then she hit this next level of fame, and she was like, I just couldn't handle it. Maybe good for Adele that she's, like, recognizing other people who have, who have been at that level of fame and been like, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, and so she's protecting herself. One thing that came out in both versions of this article is Adele is, like, very reclusive. Like, I realized we hadn't heard from her in a very long time. Definitely not five years because I still play that last album. Like, I've worn that album out. I didn't realize how intentional of a recluse that she is. Like, she's going through the back doors of restaurants, booking out museums so that only she can be there. And she has the money to do it. God bless her. But she's going out of her way to physically avoid the public because she really does not like being famous. I think it's in the American version that she talks about how like she emailed her manager once early in her career and was like, I don't want to do this. Like I, I this I love singing, but like at this level with this fame, I don't want to do this, which thankfully he talked her into. I mean, thankfully for us, the fans. But like, I don't know if that's a thankfully for Adele because she really doesn't seem to like it. And look, if Adele just wants to release albums and like never go on tour, I'm fine with that. My stance on Adele is like, as long as you're putting out good music, I don't care. I don't care what your size looks like. This is a big Luther, skinny Luther conversation. Like, can Luther sing? Then I don't care what size Luther is. Like, she's a talent. It's not about, she's not selling image in the way that some other very, very, very big celebrities are. You don't want to be bothered. You don't want to come outside. Don't come outside. If you could kindly drop us an album every three years. Five if that's what it takes. Because you give us good music that will hold us over. You, you drop classics. If you don't want to tour, don't tour. You don't want to do magazines, don't do them. I'm fine. We could really just follow you on Instagram and you let us know that an album is coming and we're good with that. What's her? I was reading something about her the other day. Has she shown her face yet in full? I think I could pick her out in glasses with the big hair and be like, isn't that? But she take the hair and the glasses off. I can't pick her out of a lineup. If Adele ain't comfortable being famous, baby, don't be famous no more. Because really, with the new look, you could walk outside. I wouldn't know you. Dye your hair red and put on some glasses. I wouldn't know you just walking around Adele. Live your best life, sis. Just drop us an album every three to five years. That's all I ask. Sorry, y'all. I just got an email. I'm approving the merch. They're sending me pictures of the samples before they do the mass printing of them. So we're good to go on the white and gold. Woo! What else is going on? Oh, the Harveys. I probably should have started with the good black news with the Harveys. Marjorie Harvey just had her fifty seventh birthday. She, as per usual, looks like a bag of bunny. A big bag too. Like she looks amazing. She's been gallivanting in Paris for Fashion Week and she was serving looks. So her current mood is like all black with like pops of pops of neon. I call it podcast green. The exact shade of my podcast logo is like a huge color right now it's like everywhere marjorie's been doing lots of, of black and podcast green and then also lemon bursts of lemon but she's been over there gallimanting and, and taking her pictures there was one she was coming out of this library with like sliding glass doors and she had on these um i want to say printed stockings and like some shorts all black ponytail swinging she looks fabulous fabulous Everybody's been looking at Lori. Marjorie came through like, baby, that's the sequel. Let me remind you of the original. She looked so good. But Steve came over, and the video that's been circulating everywhere, they're dancing. Is it Earth, Wind, and Fire? OJs? I don't know. Some old school song my daddy would recognize the first note he heard. But Steve and Marjorie are dancing on this rooftop, and the Eiffel Tower is in the background. And she's got on these lemon shoes. They're dancing. She's letting him lead. And he leads her into a five part dip. And she's just all over him, just like rubbing him and loving him. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Daddy must still got it because she was rubbing on him. And I was like, ma'am, I know what that rub is. Steve provided good times upon his arrival in Paris. I don't know if that's uncle being uncle. Uncle got into the Viagra. I don't know. But you could tell that they are um, enjoying one another in Paris. Good for them. I hope they're having nasty, filthy, wonderful, disgusting, can't tell nobody about it, but laugh in the morning sex. I I wish that for them. I want that for them. I want that for everyone. She knew Steve was coming, but Steve showed up in all white and the cameras were following Steve, like, you know, walking in the hotel, walking down the hallway, trying to get to the Marge. And he had a little small bag in his hand. I was like, that looked like some jewelry. Steve don't show up to Marjorie empty-handed. That he walked in the room and Marjorie, she didn't jump on him and wrap her legs around him. Remember he went to the better, he surprised her at the ski resort. And she damn near pushed the lady at the table out the way to hop on Steve and then wouldn't get down. He had to pat her ass like three times. I don't think he wanted to get down. I think he just wanted to pat her ass. But it was a good three pats. Three separate pats. Before Marjorie unlocked her legs around him and put her feet back on the floor. And this is with the cameras rolling and people standing around. So you can only imagine what these people are doing when ain't nobody looking as they should. They are very grown. But this time she just flung herself onto him with her arms locked around him, jumping on him, not up on him, but just jumping against him, basically rubbing her boobs up and down on him. And I was like, these two, they walk around Paris, not in matching outfits, but Steve had on this all green moment, looking like a superhero. There was another time Marjorie had on um, all black. I want to say with the, with the lemon boots and then like lemon sunglasses. And I was like, look, if you and your lover, your partner, if y'all can't dress up like some goddamn superheroes and do a little dance to the oldies and walk around smooching on each other, is it really love? Are you really in it like you think you are? I don't know if it's real. I ain't saying you got to do it. I'm saying you got to be able to do it. Y'all might express yourselves in a different way, but if ain't equivalent to that, is it real? The Marge, the Steve. Somebody said the other day, I guess I was talking about it on Facebook and this woman was like, I feel so bad for Steve's ex wife. Cause she was there with him from the beginning. And I was like, Yo, 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 people. Marjorie and Steve been married for like, what, ten years? Minimum. Maybe more like twelve. But it's a minimum ten years. At some point you gotta let people move on. I understand. He was married twice before. I believe she was too. If not married, then two long-term partnerships or maybe a marriage and a long-term partnership, but folks is in their fifties and sixties and been married for 10 years. Like you got to move on. You got to let it go. You just got to let it go. I'm just saying. <sighs> oh, Kim K. There's a lot of white conversation this week, but I think it's worthy. I don't really pay that much attention to Kim Kardashian unless she's doing something like, you know, exceptionally rude or wild. I talk more about Kanye than I do about her. Um, But she hosted Saturday Night Live, which I knew nothing about because I don't really watch Saturday Night Live like that unless it's like, you know, somebody major black performing um, or hosting. But I heard nothing about it. I didn't hear about Saturday Night Live until sometime Monday morning. And one of my friends, who also doesn't speak much about Kim Kardashian, was like, oh, my God, Kim was actually really good on Saturday Night Live. And I was like, really, was she? I still had no intentions to look. And then I saw a couple other people posting on Facebook. And you know, like, my rules. Like, my Facebook people are very, very grown. And they don't talk about much of anything unless they, like, really, really enjoy it or really, really hate it. So I saw a couple other people talking about Kim K. And I was like, well, let me go see. Because I feel like maybe y'all doing the most. Because it couldn't have been that good. So I watched the opening monologue. And I was like, yo, like, Kim was very self-depreciating. She said all the things about herself and her family and her mother that and her husband, her soon-to-be ex-husband, that we all have been thinking about. She talked about the divorce. She talked about a lot of shit. And I was like, okay, Kim. She didn't write her monologue, but she delivered it nicely enough. And she looked very fabulous. She had on this pink onesie, like a spandex onesie. Her face was uncovered, which, thanks, because that was a little weird. But she looked cute. And I saw a couple of her skits. There was one about like moms going to the club and how like their feet hurt and they keep falling asleep. And I was like, okay, so I'm not a mom, but going to the club, my feet hurt and I fall asleep. Like the idea, somebody the other day was like, let's go to the club. And I was like, F- for what? Like, why, why would I do that to myself? Poor Lori Harvey. Why? Why? And there was another one. She was like making fun of her sister. It was like Courtney's like, like judge Courtney, something or whatever. And she was like making fun of the way her sister speaks In like that monotone voice. Like it was actually really good. I was like shocking because I didn't expect it to be. What else do I have on this list? I have Dave Chappelle on this list. His new um, special on Netflix, The Closer. I briefly mentioned it on a previous episode. I didn't comment on The Closer because I hadn't had a chance to watch it yet. And I wondered if it was similar to the material that I had seen When I saw him at MGM in Vegas over the 4th of July weekend. And I have since had a chance to watch The Closer. And it is the same material, mostly, I saw over the summer. And when I saw it over the summer, I don't remember if I kept this in last episode. I said it, but I may have cut it out. But I was like, when I saw it at MGM, I cringed. And the guy next to me was also cringing and like cringing and leaning into me. It's a white dude. He had on a mask. I had on a mask. And I couldn't really be that mad at him because I understood why he was cringing. And throughout the performance, I kept saying, Dave, Dave, Dave. Oh, Dave. Because he was doing a lot. Like, he spent the majority of the set, as he does in the Netflix special, talking about trans people and at one point in the special and then also at the show that i was at he said my issue isn't you know lgbtq plus qia plus the alphabet as he likes to call the community he says his real issue is white people and yet he spends the majority of his special talking about again the lgbtqia plus community dave is dead ass wrong here and I've, I've been following the debates that people are having online. I, I, I'm looking at people talk about like free speech and comedy and people are too sensitive. And I want to say this. Many things can be true at the same time. You can love Dave Chappelle. You can think the majority of his work is funny. You can think that his takes on race are funny. You can think that the Chappelle show is one of the best sketch comedies of all time, which I personally do. I think it is a classic. I quote it in some form or fashion almost as much as I quote The Wire. I really, really, really like overall Dave Chappelle, both as a comedian and as a person. I've also had the privilege of partying with him on a couple occasions. I think that he's just all around a great fucking amazing person. He has some blind spots. One of them is about women in general. Another one is with trans women specifically. And I think you can acknowledge that you like someone, that you like their work, and also point out, hey, I don't like every single thing. Also, because Dave Chappelle is a successful black man, a black man that says the shit that most people won't, especially when it comes to race, his overall image is that of an underdog because of the way that he walked away from Comedy Central all those years ago on the GP of it all. He walked away from 50 million and then he's got his redemption by showing up all these years later and still being very successful, if not even more so and getting this $60 million deal with Netflix, and having power in the industry, so much so that he can call on Netflix and HBO to be like, hey, y'all are running my content according to the legal confines, but what you're doing might be legal, but it's not right, and I don't like it, and I want you not to. And they back down. There's power in that. I think black people very much so are attracted to that. I think they admire that. That Dave Chappelle, another black person, has that. I get it. And you can get all that and still say he's wrong. You can also say he's wrong here and not want him to be canceled. And not just his show, because some people called for that, too, which I completely understood. The head of Netflix came out and was like, nah, B, we're not pulling Dave Chappelle. Just let that ride. They made too much money off Dave Chappelle. As, as the Netflix guy said, I don't have the quote in front of me that he made, but he said um, he pointed out that Dave Chappelle's last special was the most highly watched comedy special on Netflix, like of all time. So, no, they're not pulling Dave Chappelle. They're going to get that money. They spent 60 million dollars on that man. They're going to recoup all that money. Dave Chappelle personally does not have to be canceled over this. Although we've canceled black women for less. See, Chrisette, Michelle. I get it. But he's wrong overall what's the right word i want to use disappointed i think in black people for this one because we are a community that is used to being disrespected in the mainstream in some form or fashion and and very very often whenever black people something something harmful is done to us or said about us when black people stand up as a collective and be like this is some bullshit this is racist this is wrong there inevitably are a bunch of white folks who come and say the same thing that we as a community right now are saying to the trans members of our community and trans people, LGBTQIA people plus overall. We're saying you're being too sensitive. You're, you're taking it out of context. You're doing the most right now. Free speech, entertainment It's just comedy. But if somebody made jokes about black people the way Dave Chappelle is, is making jokes about trans people, we would get it. But because so many black people don't, frankly, like, much less identify with the trans, or want to identify, that's probably better, with the trans community, we're acting like white folks right now. People get so mad when I say that shit. So mad. Be mad. It's the truth. In the same way that another community, white folks, don't get to tell black people when we can be mad and what we should be mad about and how we are to interpret the things that may be said or done that we find offensive that maybe they don't, they don't get to dictate what the offense is. The community that's being spoken of, especially the community that's being harmed, gets to dictate whether it's wrong, whether it's offensive, whether it's hurtful, not a bunch of other people. And I feel like black folks right now, that's what we're doing. Because up and down my timeline, especially with black men, but a lot of black women too, which I'm like, yo, black women especially, how do you not get it? We sit on the internet all day long and we listen to black men tell us that like you should be happy that somebody's cat calling you in the street and that you get attention. Why You shouldn't be offended by it. A man just can't say hi to you. You should be happy that a man told you to smile. Why are you offended? We listen to men all day tell us like what we should think and what we should feel. And now women, cishet women to be specific, are doing that. To trans women specifically, but also the larger LGBTQIA community. You know what it feels like when this happens to us. Black men, you know what this feels like when it happens to the black community. And now you're turning around doing the same shit to another community, dictating to them how they should feel and what they should be offended by. And you're hiding behind free speech to do it. You can acknowledge that free speech, which, again, because a lot of people don't understand what free speech means, which I'm just like, did we not all have civics? Free speech in the United States of America protects you from persecution from the government. It does not protect you from consequences from anybody else for the crazy shit you decided to say. It doesn't. One more thing about this Dave Chappelle situation, and I'm going to let it go. I swear I'm going to let it go. And in in defense of Dave Chappelle, people keep referring to him talking about his one trans friend who defended him the last time he was in trouble for saying crazy shit about trans people. And they were like, well, how can Dave be transphobic because he has a trans friend? And I was like, are we are we really this stupid right now? Because anytime a white person gets into some crazy race trouble and says, I have a black best friend, my neighbor's black. My granddaughter's black. My son-in-law's black. Like, everybody says, no, you can't come out with the black best friend excuse. You can be a racist and have a black best friend. Somehow, this doesn't apply the same way for the trans community. People keep saying, well, Dave said his best friend was trans. His close friend was trans. So how can he be transphobic? Yeah, because your trans friend is the trans version of, like, Herman Cain or Ben Carson. That makes it okay? No. No. No, a trans person who a bunch of trans people by Dave's own acknowledgement, he was like my trans friend committed suicide because they were bullied by other people on the Internet for supporting me. Your trans friend who trans people are like, get the fuck out of here about cannot be used as a valid defense of how you can't be transphobic because your friend is trans. Like what? Dave is way smarter than this. And it's really disappointing that he can be so intelligent and right on the nose about a vast array of other topics and he can be so blind here. And one of the reasons I don't want him to be canceled, that I'm not calling for him to be canceled, is because I genuinely don't think it's intentional. I don't think he's just doing it for publicity or attention. I think he genuinely thinks that he has some unique smart take here. That he really thinks that, like, referring to um, a trans woman as, like, um, what is it called? Impossible pussy or plant-based pussy. Like, he really thinks that that's, like, you know, smart. It's not. Look up the numbers of trans women being killed. And one of the reasons that they are being killed is such because people are like, well, you're not a real woman. The crazy shit that Dave is saying in this special Contributes to the violence against trans people And that's why so many people are mad Okay, you know how we talk about stuff Being a part of rape culture Like it it might not be rape But the idea that you're teaching women That they have to tolerate sexual harassment on the street Or that they should not dress a certain way So as to entice men Or they should submit and defer to men You're giving men this like ultimate power Like all of that contributes to rape culture In the same way that Dave Chappelle is not telling people to go out and commit violence against trans women. The way that he is talking about trans women as not real women, it's contributing to the violence against them. That's the fucking issue. I don't think Dave should be canceled. I do think his show should be pulled from Netflix. Putting this type of harmful, hurtful commentary that is contributing to the culture of violence against trans women being allowed on a global Platform Should not be allowed or tolerated And yet it is And yet it is Netflix refusing to pull this special Is also contributing to the violence against trans women I know it's making you a lot of money I know Dave is one of your faves You might be in another round of project negotiations right now You don't want to upset him You want things to go well cause you have to pay him more than 60 million this time You need to take that out Because y'all are focused on the bottom line Whereas trans women are just trying not to get killed I need Dave to do better I need Netflix to do better. <sighs> so that's the episode for today, y'all. I'm about to wrap this, edit this, get back to the, uh, the print shop that is sending me all of these samples. They're real cute. I'll be able to announce a date for the merch sooner than later. And then go on the roof and drink more tequila with my friend. All right, I'm out. I'll talk to y'all on Friday. Bye.